Welcome to the Real Film Nerds Podcast. Welcome, new and old listeners, to another rousing episode of the Real Film Nerds Podcast. I am your hostess, without the mostest, Matt Hinshaw. And with me, as always, my good buddy from the other side of the planet, Mysterious Mike. Hey, everybody. Hey, Matt, did you uh, choose to accept your mission? Or was it impossible because of MoviePass problems? It was impossible because MoviePass is a giant, hot, steaming pile of crap. Oh. Well, that's... But I did see the movie. Oh, that's good. That's good. So, as you could tell, everyone, this week we are reviewing the latest uh, film from Scientology, Mission Impossible Fallout. Mike, give us the rundown of Tom Cruise and his buddies. Okay, so this is the sixth installment of the Mission Impossible series. And uh, the uh, plot for this is pretty simple. Ethan Hunt and his IMF team, along with some familiar allies, race against time after a mission gone wrong. Uh, This is directed by Christopher McQuarrie and written and produced by Christopher McQuarrie. Uh, it's starring uh, Mr. Scientology. Um, I mean, Tom Cruise. Tom Cruise as Ethan Hunt. Henry Cavill as August Walker. Ving Rhames as Luther uh, Shitickle. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> Did you just say Shitickle? <laughs> I think you said Shitickle. <laughs> Yeah, I think I did say. What's a shit tickle? <laughs> shit tickle. Uh, <laughs> I don't even want to know how you tickle a shit, Mike. You got you do some weird shit over there on the East Coast. <laughs> oh man, uh, Simon Pegg is Benji, uh, Rebecca Ferguson, uh, Angela Bassett, and Vanessa Kirby. All right, so basically a really good cast. With an odd character name of Shit Tickle. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, Mike, let's uh, let's get this thing going. What did you think of Mission Impossible Fallout? I know you're a big Mission Impossible fan. So what did you think? Uh, yeah, I've watched all these movies. Um, I'm not always the hugest uh, Tom Cruise fan, but he does have certain movies that he makes that uh, I do like. And uh, this this happens to be one of them. This is really good action. Um, the stunts are incredible. Some of the things that I saw, it was like I had no idea how the heck they did it. But, man, it looked awesome. I thought a lot of the stunts were great just because the majority of them were practical effects. And you can tell. You can tell that they straight on either have a stunt guy or Tom Cruise himself doing a lot of them. And I really enjoyed that because you don't see practical f- effects like this in movies very often anymore. Yeah, that's totally true. Uh, there's, I mean, this is in the trailer, so this isn't much of a spoiler, but uh, there's some helicopter stuff in this that is, I was blown away with uh, how the scene went with like just all the different things that are shown and like the angles and, and it, it was really cool how it was shot. Yeah, I have to say my favorite action sequence of the whole movie, I, I the helicopter stuff was fun, but being an airplane 
RC airplane guy um, is totally, yeah, no. I mean, it was cool. I liked it, but it was just too out there for me. I really, really liked the uh, motorcycle scenes where they're like driving through the city and missing cars by inches and stuff. I thought that was awesome. Yeah, and that looked like that was all just super rehearsed. But man, those cars did get really close and all that stuff. And I was like, wow, those that that was a really that was a cool scene as well. I mean, this movie is pretty much action. What after the first ten minutes, maybe? Um. Yeah, something like that. I don't know. I didn't look at my watch. Yeah, I I mean, I don't... There's not... There's a little bit of a, a story. That, I guess one of the things that's a little bit weaker with this um, this movie is the story's the same old... Same old thing, you know? There's a... You know, like a... A group that has access to some stuff that's trying to sell some other stuff to another people, and then they're going to use that to create havoc and destroy the world. I mean, we've seen it like a million times, but the action and and the actors, it, it was it was a fun, very fun action movie. But yeah, it's the same old story of a terrorist organization has nuclear weapons, and they're blowing shit up, basically. Yeah. And... Tom Cruise and his cronies got to stop it. And that's fine. I mean, I'm not going to say that's for me. That's one of the the pitfalls of this film definitely is the story. It's nothing special, but a lot of the action sequences are really good and how they did some of the storytelling was kind of fun. Like uh, I liked the character of the white widow. I thought that whole segment was kind of interesting and fun and different. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that was interesting. Like, the broker for stuff and, and kind of all the the stuff that, yeah. Yeah. It was very spy versus spy kind of stuff. And, uh, yeah, a lot of it was uh, predictable. Uh, parts of it, if you watch enough movies and pay attention, you know who's going to be the bad guy and who's going to be this and who's going to be that and who's going to flip and whatever, especially if you've seen the Mission Impossible movies. Yeah. Yeah, it it has that 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 kind of stuff, but I I really just think the action was good and and the actors did a great job. I mean, even there's a there's a scene in a uh, restroom with a fight scene, and it it was really cool. It was different. Uh, oh well, what bothered me about that is how it was the a hundred percent destructible bathroom, and we can talk about that because that scene is in the trailer. And you see it, and you see a guy get thrown through the mirrors, and it's like, you know, the whole bathroom is just coming apart. Now, either these people are super strong, or they weigh a hell of a lot, which I don't think either of them is true. So that was one flaw that I I definitely saw was the bathroom scene, in my opinion. Yeah, I, you're right. It was a uh, maybe somewhat questionable construction of a restroom facility, but... It was a neatly done scene. That so that's what I I took out of it. I mean, you have to take a lot of these things with a grain of salt. Like, I think you're supposed to believe that Tom Cruise can't fly a helicopter, but all of a sudden is. Yeah, that's not going to happen. But well, no, no. I think they say he knows how to fly a helicopter. Maybe in the film, and they're kind of questioning it, but he clearly knows what he's doing. He might not, it might have been a while since he flew a helicopter, but he knows he even sits on the correct side of the helicopter and everything. But again, Tom Cruise, 
in real life is a pilot. I don't know if he's a helicopter pilot. I know he's an airplane pilot, but I'm sure he's probably been in his fair share of helicopters and knows exactly what to mimic to make it look like he's really flying it. Or maybe he really was flying it. I don't know. Oh, I I didn't know he was a pilot. That's that's cool. I guess that makes sense. Oh, yeah. Uh, that he's a pilot. I mean, he's done all kinds of yeah, things. Yeah, him and... Yeah, him and John Travolta uh, are both big-time pilots, and they've gone out flying stuff together. Well, I knew John Travolta was a, a pilot, um, and I knew that he had – I can't. I still can't believe this. He has a 747. It's not a 747. A 737, right? Uh, no, he has, a, he has a DC-3, which still is a very big airplane. And I was like, how do you afford the fuel to just fly? Yeah, it's. I'm sure he probably doesn't fly it that often, because uh, even small airplanes like little Cessnas and stuff are hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of dollars to fly per hour. It's it's pretty insane nowadays. It really is, and it's not just the jet fuel, fuel cost. Sure, that's really high, but um, uh, about Tom Cruise and his flying. Do you remember the movie? It came out last year. It was called American Made. Oh, yeah, yeah, where he played a pilot, right? Like a pilot who's flying uh, Colombian yeah. drugs or something uh, into America? Yeah, he, right. He's muling drugs from uh, uh, Colombia and South America and Panama and all over the place into the United States. All those flying scenes, that's really Tom Cruise flying. Like, I have that movie because I personally really love that movie. And if you watch a lot of the behind-the-scenes stuff, they literally just took GoPros and stuck them in the airplane and had Tom Cruise go fly. Wow, man. That's that's incredible. And yep. then that's also incredible that they were able to use the footage from GoPros to in a movie. Well, I, I, I assume they probably worked the shit out of them, or they were some kind of special GoPro-esque-like camera, but... You know, that movie is a little gritty. It's not, you know, as polished as a lot of movies, but that's one of the things that makes it a good movie, if you ask me. Yeah, yeah, I really liked uh, Edge of Tomorrow from uh, Tom Cruise uh, lately and Oblivion. I love those movies. Yeah, I loved Oblivion and Edge of Tomorrow. I actually own both of them on Blu-ray. And, you know, I don't uh, buy a lot of Blu-rays or DVDs or digital um, I typically, if it's something I really, really like, then I will buy it, but I have to really like it. Most of the time I just, you know, maybe I'll go rent it or I'll borrow it from someone if I want to watch it again, but I typically don't buy a whole lot of movies. Right. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, what about, what about yourself, Mike? Do you have a lot of DVDs and Blu-rays? I, I don't remember. I don't think you do. No, no. Um, I have been a, uh, person who has had netflix the dvd service uh since like the dawn of time um circa 2005 and uh i still have that and still get dvds that way occasionally uh dvds blu-rays um i guess i've used Redbox and stuff occasionally but uh i've just i've gotten to a point where i don't want to own too many movies i do have certain uh classic movies that i love so much um you know shawshank redemption aliens and predator and just certain certain movies that i just really really like so what was the uh last blu-ray or dvd that you bought 
I think I just got the Alien Trilogy because I got it for cheap. I Or, like, not Trilogy, uh, eight, all the Alien movies that are out, like seven of them, I think I got it for, like, 20 bucks. Blu-rays. Nice. That's cool. I can tell you exactly what my last one was because I just bought it fairly recently. What did you get, Matt? Super Troopers 2. Oh, you sure it wasn't Star Wars Last Jedi? No, I do own that too, though. But no, Super Troopers 2 I bought. And then before I got Super Troopers 2, I was at Walmart. I think I was grocery shopping. I don't know. And one of my weaknesses, um, I inherited it from one of my ex-girlfriends, is going over and looking at the value bins of Blu-rays and DVDs. And I was looking in the value bin, and I found some of the most obscure movies that were like five and six bucks on Blu-ray. Not DVD, Blu-ray. So I just grabbed them. Oh, man. So the bin gotcha. Yeah, the bin is the bin is bad. The bin is bad. But I got fun stuff. Like, I got, you know, uh, Big Trouble in Little China. Oh, man, I love that you know? movie. Right? Right? Like, how can you not own that movie? It's an, a classic 80s movie, and it's on Blu-ray. Yeah, I've I mean, streamed that movie like on. 400 times. Uh, I don't know if it's still on the streaming, but uh, it was on Netflix for several years, uh, streaming. And I would just sometimes be like, oh, I'm going to just go watch Big Trouble in Little China. Just watch that. I have a feeling that is going to be a legacy cast in the future. Oh, okay. Yeah, no, that'd be great. Little Kim Cattrall action. Man, I love that movie. You know a little bit of trivia about that movie. You know the uh, characters that fly through the ceiling with the big hats and they shoot lightning and stuff out of their hands? That was the inspiration for Raiden in Mortal Kombat. That actually makes a lot of sense. Yeah, because the creators of Mortal Kombat were huge fans of Big Trouble in Little China. It really is a great movie that has become, I think, a cult classic. But at the time, it just bombed. John Carpenter, like, woo! I think he had a hard time. Because when that movie came out, it did not do well. Well, it's kind of like the original Super Troopers. Like, the original Super Troopers technically bombed at the theater. And then when it came out on DVD and Blu-ray, it became this huge cult classic because everybody loved it. Like, I didn't even have the option to watch it in the theaters. It never came to wherever I was at the time. I know, because I looked for it. I had to wait until it came out on DVD. Yeah, I don't think I had heard about it until it was out on DVD. So, anyways, all right, back on Mission Impossible Fallout, because as you see, everyone, we get off topic quickly because we can talk about movies of all kinds because we're giant dorks. I think it's nerds. Oh, yeah, sorry. Uh, We're film nerds, the real film nerds. All right, so, Mike, I had not seen... Mission Impossible since Mission Impossible 2 in the theaters before this movie. Whoa. So what do and you so, think? What, what do you uh, think? Uh, uh, let me finish my statement. So this past week, I knew we were going to review this because we brought it up uh, after recording last week. And so I sat down and I tried to watch 3, 4, and 5 this past week. I could not find 3 anywhere. I couldn't find 3. But I was able to watch four, and I was able to watch five 
I think I watched four on Wednesday and I watched five on Thursday and then I went and saw six on Saturday. And so I've been Mission Impossible out this whole freaking week. <laughs> wow, good job, man. Uh, way to dedicate some some time to uh, research. I, f- I felt it was the only way to do it proper and I'm kind of glad I did because, yes, this movie, like the person I went and saw this movie with, I went with a friend. Um, she has not seen any of the Mission Possibles. It doesn't interest her at all. She likes action movies, but she's not a super huge fan, especially not of Tom Cruise. But she went anyways, and she was paying me back for I let her borrow a camera and some other stuff. Anyways, so um, she went and saw the movie with me, and she really enjoyed it. And I asked her later afterwards, I was like, did you feel like you needed to see the other ones to enjoy this one? And she's like, no. She's like, I totally understood the whole movie, everything about it. Now, saying that, I personally think you will get more out of this latest installment of the Mission Impossible series if you at least had seen five, because five has the same director slash writer as six, and the story and characters from five, a lot of them pop up in six. So, no, you don't have to have seen the other ones before you see this one. But you'll get a hell of a lot more out of it if you do. Yeah, yeah, that's that's a good point, man. It's kind of like uh, with Equalizer 2. I felt that that movie uh, stood on its own. But if you saw the first one, you would know a little bit more of of the characters from the first one that are in the second one. Right, exactly. Both of us, I think, were talking about that last week. But, I mean, you can see it without it. But it just makes it a much better experience if you see the other cool. So, so, so what did, what did you think and what did your friend think of the movie? Did you both liked it? I liked it. I liked the ac- action sequences. There were like, I was pointing out the bathroom. scene was kind of dumb and I l- really liked, um, Oh, you know, that's one I didn't mention that I really enjoyed was the opening. I thought the opening was really smart and really well done, but they've done that in the past couple at least the past couple that I watched this week where they had a really interesting, fascinating opening kind of twisty thing. And that is totally mission impossible. Like that's going back to like the mission impossible TV show kind of thing. Yeah. I think that's just them honoring the, the original, um, IP, uh, intellectual property. Yeah, I agree. I, I, but I just loved it. It was, I don't want to ruin it because it's really kind of neat and fun and a big surprise, but I'll just say it was really, really funny. So, okay. Cool. Um, trying to, uh, so, uh, let me, uh, oh man, I think I've, I've said all of my, my notes. I didn't have a lot of notes for this. This is just a great action movie. Um, I wasn't sure what to expect with this one. And uh, I was really pleasantly surprised. I thought it was well done. Well, it's a big time action flick. There's a not a whole lot to expect or to talk about. Like the story, like I said, was mediocre at best. I mean, it wasn't terrible, but it wasn't anything special. There were segments of it that I really enjoyed. Uh, you know, it, it was interesting seeing Alec Baldwin's character back in here and as the secretary and. You know, now they have a new head of the uh, CIA, which is Angela Bassett. Uh, 
And then uh, seeing Superman in there with his mustache, which was such a big controversy surrounding Justice League. I, I don't understand why it was such a big deal for him to have a mustache in this movie, but okay, whatever. You screwed the pooch when it came to Justice League, though, because that shit looked terrible. <laughs> nice, nice. What well, did, man? His upper lip and everything looked fake. It looked so bad in Justice League. So bad. Not that Justice League was an incredible movie. It was probably one of the better DC Universe movies to come out, but it was not the best by far. I think the best is uh, Wonder Woman. I really loved Wonder Woman. I, I thought it was great, and I actually bought that one on Blu-ray, too. Yeah, Wonder Woman was really well done. Yeah, it was fantastic. So, speaking of universes, Mike, how does Mission Impossible Fallout relate to the Marvel Cinematic Universe? Well, thanks for asking, Matt. Uh, this this movie uh, ties in with the uh, art department. Uh, Gary Joplin, who uh, work, works in the art department for this movie, also worked in uh, on the movie uh, Doctor Strange. So he was in the art department for Doctor Strange as well? Yes, yes. Both uh, okay. art department okay. in, in, in both movies, yes. Oh, okay. Cool. Interesting. Nice. So I don't know how many that makes in a row, but that is, uh, you know, it hasn't died yet. Yeah. yeah. You know, your segment will continue on, Michael. It will continue on. Yeah. No, I I uh, look forward every uh, week to trying to figure out who was in a Marvel Cinematic Universe movie. It's kind of a fun little game. And I hope our listeners, new and old, are enjoying it because I think it's kind of fun. Yeah, no, it's interesting to see how intertwined all of Hollywood or I I don't, I I guess it's not necessarily Hollywood, but whoever makes movies is, is tied together. There's so many common elements that are shared between all these different uh, movies and projects. And if you think about it, yes, the Marvel cinematic universe is quite big, but it's not that big. Like, what is it? They've done 20 films in 10 years? 21, 22, something like yeah. that? Yeah. And so, yes, that, that sounds like a lot. But if you break it down over 10 years, that's what? One or two films a year. And it's, you know, it's not a huge number, but it's not a small number either. So I still find it pretty fascinating that we are able to, well, you are able to link just about every single movie we've seen to the Marvel Cinematic Universe in one way, shape, or form. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it, sometimes it's a little bit difficult. Uh, Jaws was by far the hardest uh, due to the um, the age of the movie, uh, 1975, finding somebody who worked then and then works now. Uh, they're getting towards the end of their career if they were young when that came out. Well, all right, Mike. You got anything else you want to add about Mission Impossible and the story and the actors and miscellaneous shenanigans? Yeah, I sh- I would just encourage people to go see this. This was this was a fun movie. If you want to see an action movie, this was fun. Um, 
it's not violent to be violent. It's just a fun. I mean, there are, there are scenes that are violent, but it's not terribly violent. And uh, it's just a fun action movie. I I enjoyed this. Yeah, I echo that sentiment. I think if you want a nice, fun, summer blockbuster popcorn movie to kind of wrap up the summer, this is a fantastic movie to go see. It's There's not a whole lot of thinking in it. There's some. There's a lot of twists and turns. There's a lot of spy versus spy. There's incredible action sequences that are practical, almost all of them. Not a whole lot of digital, you know, magic in it and i just you know this is how filmmaking should be when it comes to popcorn movies if you ask me try and do as much as you can practically with what you have and then fill in with digital you know i i just i hate this movement now where everything has to be freaking digital because it's cheaper or it looks better or whatever like skyscraper like 90 percent of freaking skyscraper was digital and i think if you compare it to something like Die Hard or uh, Towering Inferno, which clearly Skyscraper ripped it off, they're just better movies because the effects are practical. They just are. And I, I, yeah, and the stories, there's just better story. Like Die Hard doesn't have too much more story, but there's a little bit more. Uh, the, uh, Skyscraper just didn't have much, man. No, that movie was crap. It was really bad. I just... Now, which reminds me, that's another one we need to do down the road for a tributary is the um, like blatant diehard ripoff that's on Netflix only. Uh, we we're talking. I was talking to you about it. Uh, stars the guys from Workaholics. Oh, I, I forgot the oh, name. Oh yeah, of it. yeah, yeah, yeah. You we, were. Uh, what was it called? Uh, we definitely need to do that for a tributary because it's a direct ripoff of Diehard on purpose kind of thing. So that that's coming down the pike. We'll, we need to add that. You know, I need to add a list to our legacy cast where it's just tributary. So I remember, you know, we can start picking from these too. Oh, speaking of tributaries, Mike, um, let's go ahead and throw this out there before we give our ratings. Our next episode coming this Thursday is going to be our very first tributary. We are doing a movie from Netflix. And Mike, what what is that movie? Anon. Or Anon. I think that's how you pronounce Anon it. Anon or yeah. Anon. We're not 100%. Right. I, I don't know either. I'm going to go try and find a trailer or an interview or something. But it, it has uh, uh, Clive Owen, one of my favorite actors, is stars in it. And I I really just am looking forward to talking about that one. So, okay. Mike? So, uh- on a scale, on our scale of... One to five reels, five being the best, one being absolute hot garbage. Where do you rank Mission Impossible Fallout, Mike? I'm going to go with three and a half reels on this one. Uh, I just enjoyed it. it. You know, the story is is weak, but the acting is, is pretty good and the, the, the characters are fun. So uh, I'm going to say three and a half reels. And like I said earlier, uh, I just recommend you go out and see this if you want a fun uh, popcorn action summer movie. Well, Mike, this is, uh, I think we're going to have to stop talking to each other every week because our similarities are starting to become too great again. I guess that's one of the pitfalls of basically spending a large majority of our informative years together. 
But I echo your sentiment and I give it a 3.5 reels out of five as well. I thought it was a great action movie. There's not a lot of substance. It's well worth a watch, but you're not going to come out of it going, wow, that movie blew my mind. The action sequences probably will, but the movie as a whole, no. Wow. Uh, man. So have we agreed on like three or four? Um, it's up there. Yeah, I think we're at least at three, maybe four. I'd have to go back and look. Maybe, maybe but, I'm getting too soft. Maybe I'm getting too soft. That's what she said. Wow. Yeah, that, uh, was, that was a good I'm, one. I'm... I missed a really good, that's what she said, in uh, one of our reviews last night, last night, last week. I think it was Jaws. Yeah, it was Jaws. I missed a really good, that's what she said in Jaws. I was so disappointed when I went back and I was editing it. I almost edited in me saying that's what she said, but it wouldn't make sense because then you wouldn't laugh and we wouldn't talk about it. But I missed a really good oh, one. That, that, that was oh. a pretty good one. That one right there, yeah. Yeah, the soft yep. one. Yeah, it was good. It was good. All right. So, Mike, I don't have anything else. Uh, I, I guess I'm done. You got anything else, Mike? Uh, nope. Nope. Uh, thanks, everybody, for listening. Uh, have a great uh, day or evening or morning. Thank you for listening to The Real Film Nerds. Now, don't forget to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Real Film Nerds. Now, go out and catch a movie.